exciting future, so don't wait. Apply now at join.sunbrella.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Apply today at join.sunbrella.com. Crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. William Quaggenbush and Mike Vaughn. I love this text. Why does it seem that whenever you guys are so confident in Clemson, it seems to have a bad shooting night? Please stop. I, I'm so, I don't know what to tell you. I just got to tell you what the numbers say. I don't know if they're going to shoot five for 30. If they do, they're going to lose. But I'm assuming they're not. Um, here in hour two on uh, Thursdays, we are joined by our very good friend, Morgan Coleman, who is now in the flesh in the studio. This is your maiden voyage in the studio. Is that right, Morgan? That's correct. I, I'm in the lab. I feel like a celebrity, just how you feel like every single day. So I'm oh, excited man. to be here. I said, it's, it's, some days you feel like you're, you know, you're in the clouds. Some days you feel like the firing squad is just <laughs> after you. Um, uh, she is a, a real estate professional, extraordinaire folks. And we talk two things when she comes on with us. Uh, we talk Clemson Women's Athletics, uh, she sponsors a Clemson Women's Athletics uh, segment. And we also talk about real estate. But first, I need to know, you said that you're nervous about doing this. I, I am nervous. I mean, you are incredibly talented at what you do. Oh, stop and uh, I'm just trying to, to live up to that expectation right now. Okay, so what is more nerve-wracking? <laughs> staring a PK in the face or doing a few minutes with us? Honestly, a few minutes with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, rather, you know, be in a PK situation, you know, saving the day. Um, but no, this is, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, grateful to be here. Well, you're about to save the day for someone who is desperately in need of a, of a realtor. <laughs> try to sell that house. Um, let's talk Clemson softball first. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a big thing last night. In fact, uh, I had somebody on Twitter that was like, less Bayheim, more Valerie Cagle. <laughs> and I didn't respond, but I'm like, we're going to get to it, folks. Just relax. Yeah. Uh, Valerie was sensational last night. She had a historic night. Yeah. I mean, perfect game. I mean, that is the the pinnacle of, you know, a softball career, right? And she, of all people, hit it. And I'm super proud of her. It was it was fun to, to experience that. She retired all 15 batters. And I think I've talked to, said this multiple times in the past. It's like, I want to be Valerie Cagle when I grow up. It's, <laughs> you know, she, it, what was the coolest part um, of the clip of, you know, celebrating that was her teammates surrounding her. You can tell their team chemistry is so strong and that is why they're where they're at already in this season. And, you know, they support each other and you can tell she's just really humble. Like she's like, man, this is a team thing, but to watch your team celebrate with her and it's a team, it is a team sport and everyone has to contribute, but to have that type of accolade is, is, is really incredible and very impressive. You'll be glad to know that since she is your idol, that she also gets really nervous in interviews <laughs> and we talked about that. We're, so. we're one in the same in that. That's right. That's right. So, so everything's square on that. Yeah. 
Um, softball, very good. 18 uh, nothing. They beat uh, Mercer last night, continuing the long win streaks at home and overall. And now they're putting that to the test this weekend. There's been a little bit of a um, weather-aided scheduling move this weekend, but uh, lots of opportunities to see this team in McWhorter. Yeah, absolutely. They're sitting at 21-1. and one. Uh, They have doubleheaders. Go to McWhorter this weekend, watch the, the Lady Tigers play. They'll put on a show for you. Absolutely, and uh, you can go to ClemsonTigers.com. You can see that uh, that schedule there. I, there's always the chance that it changes more, uh, but they've tried to escape the weather as best they can. All right, let's talk about real estate now. Let's talk about the markets and, like, the flowers are out and the trees are blooming. And it seems like everyone's like, hmm, my yard looks great. Let's move. Uh, yeah. Walk us through what people are telling you right now. Yeah, so the spring market is in full bloom, if you will. It's, oh, that's great. You like that? You see, you were made for this. <laughs> You're nervous, but you were made for this. That That is a great radio line. It, it's a mom joke, you know. It's a, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, I'm learning. Um, yeah, so spring market is here. Normally around spring break time is when we really start to see the the, the market start to have more inventory. Uh, so we're, we're already at that point. And people will say, oh my gosh, my neighbor just listed, should we list? Or everybody loves Zillow, right? You start to see those little dots start to appear out of nowhere. And just, it's a it's a, an, a time of year where it is warmer. People start to say, well, I've treated my yard all year. I've worked very, very hard. Everything looks beautiful. It looks show ready. Um, and it's time to, to do that. So I can find a home prior to the summertime before we go on vacation and things like that. And there are a couple of things I at least want to mention if you're considering selling. So pricing your home appropriately right now is crucially important. We are no longer in that strong seller's market. We're in a neutral market. Inventory is starting to creep back up to that towards that six month um, point, which is a good thing for buyers. But you have to price it appropriately. You can't just say, you know what? I want to put 50 grand over a value because I can and get those 10, 15 offers that people were getting during the height of COVID. Pricing appropriately and marketing appropriately is is crucial. Um, taking those steps to have your home show ready, pressure washed, you know, new mulch, the grass looks good. All those things are very important and crucial at any point in the real estate market, but especially right now. And um, secondly, you know, buyers are out there. Buyers are ready to put an offer on your home, but you do have to do the things to make it show ready home inspection, CL 100. For example, I had a listing and those folks did the home inspection. We found some issues, took care of those prior to hitting the market that, which was great. I advised them to do a CL 100 termite inspection. Um, in the state of South Carolina, we have a lot of bugs, right? Um, and that's really important to take care of because that looks for wood destroying organisms, moisture, and structural issues. They said, you know what? We get our um, house treated quarterly and we're fine. We're not going to do that. And I said, okay, that's fair. Well, guess what? They had active termites. Oh. And it became an issue with the buyers. It ended up being resolved. We're at the closing table. We're all good. But all those things matter in today's market. Outstanding. That's that's great tips for anybody looking to sell your home. All right. Now, a couple things before we go. You're in here. And so this is a good chance. We have people coming and going all the time in the audience. And they might be like, who is this person? Why is she talking about softball? And why is she talking about real estate? So walk us through your Clemson experience first, and then we'll get to the real estate part. Yeah. So go Tigers, first off. I'll, as good always. way to start. Yeah. <laughs> as always. Um, Played uh, soccer at Clemson for four years. Loved every every minute of it. That's why we talked about PKs earlier. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's right. I was a goalkeeper. Important context. Yeah, I was a goalkeeper, and uh, you know, I was also a volunteer assistant 
as well with the program. Um, t- you know, tried my my hat at um, the collegiate coaching route, and that was an, also a great experience. And then, how did you get involved in real estate, and what are you doing in real estate right now? Yeah, so in real estate, I always was interested. Um, but when I got out of college, it was like, okay, who's going to buy a house from a 22 year old kid? And, uh, I needed to learn some business experience. So did that with a couple different companies and real estate really was on my mind constantly. And I think there's a lot of aspects to take from playing days and coaching days to my real estate career and real estate business and how I interact with people and treat people and how incredibly competitive that I am. So I think it's a good mesh for my personality type, making sure like, Hey, let's take a breather. We're going to be okay. But also let's hit the gas. It's time to go. So I think it's just a, a really good career for me and I really enjoy it. And it's, a, uh, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's, uh, every day I get to wake up, I have a smile on my face and I, and I love what I do. That's very cool. And you're a new mom. I am. Yes. yes. A new mom, baby chip, baby chip, five months old. He's uh, already getting really busy and he, uh, it's fun to watch his little brain work and I can't, I'm, I'm holding on to the days where I can still hold him still, but I think those days are fleeting and, uh, but it's been fun. We're, we're looking forward to this spring and this summer when he starts to get mobile and, and even busier. I love that it took you five months to be like, pretty soon he's going to be off at college. Yeah. <laughs> I got to savor the day. Yeah. My, my husband has broken my heart a couple of times. Cause he's like, you know, Morgan, he's 1% out of our house at this point. And I'm like, <laughs> That makes me want to cry, but, uh, no, it's, it's been really fun and, and we're, we're loving, uh, you know, parent life. That's awesome. Hey, if you want somebody to compete on your behalf in the real estate market, I know someone, Morgan Coleman. Uh, thanks very much for the time. Good to see you. I, know. I haven't seen you since, uh, it's been, it's probably, been, it's been some months. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's so minute. it's good to see you. Yeah. Glad to, glad to know baby chips in good hands. Thank you. Thanks y'all. Go Tigers. Awesome. That is Morgan Coleman. And that is our This Week in Clemson Women's Athletics segment. Mike, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's take a break. Uh, we're a little bit early, but Brent Axe is free. We're going to get him up. He was supposed to join us hour one. He was in the press conference yesterday with Jim Beheim. So we're going to talk to him about Beheim and what's next from the Syracuse media's mouth right after this. Carolina Auto Connection, the little dealer with the big heart. Celebrating 14 years serving the upstate. With no haggle pricing and no dealer fees, their customers come from all over the world. They have the lowest prices on the best pre-owned vehicles. Their staff is straightforward and honest. All vehicles are 49-point inspected and serviced, so you can buy with confidence. Carolina Auto Connection, 1434 Boiling Springs Road, just off I-85 Spartanburg. Call 864-814-DEAL for an appointment or carolinaautoconnection.com. Race for the Green Date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids. 12 and under. Go start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half Marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis is going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dress St. Patrick's Day theme, music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers, great swag every year, trucker's hat, race shirt, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races, cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that, great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more, Seneca SC events or the website at www.seneca.com. 
Get ready to slam dunk those dirty carpets with zero res carpet and air duct cleaning. As the madness of March approaches, it's time to get your home in order. Zero Res uses no harsh chemicals, leaving your carpets safe for your family and your pets. Whether you're hosting a watch party or just need a refresh, the cleaning pros at Zero Res have you covered. Right now, mention my name, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring. But you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers in Anderson and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com, and I want to be your jeweler. This is Coach Dabo Sweeney. I remember how great it was to turn 21, but remember, just because you're 21 or over doesn't mean you can buy alcohol for anyone underage. In fact, you could face fines and jail time for a first offense. Upstate alcohol enforcement teams are enforcing underage drinking laws to save lives. When officers catch a minor with alcohol, they ask, who gave it to them? Don't let it be you. For more information, go to phoenixcenter.org. If you need custom leather patch hats for your business, church, school, sports team, or charity event, Hatflow Company has you covered. No order minimums, quick turnaround, nationwide shipping, and great prices. Custom Richardson hats, beanies, low-profile performance hats, and more. Shop with Hatflow Company and support a small local business where the highest quality, great customer service, and very affordable prices are top priority. Visit HatflowCo.com and start your custom leather patch hat quote today. HatflowCo.com. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Every pitch, every at-bat, and every game, we have you covered. We're the flagship station for Clemson baseball. 105.5 and 97.5, we are the roar. Nope, it's hour two. Hour two continues. It's the one o'clock hour. About, like every couple weeks, I get thrown off by that. Look, the tournament time is just one continuous blob of day, right? Do we even know what time it is? Next week, we're not going to know what time it is. I bet Brent Axe knows what time it is when Jim Beheim sat at the podium and literally said he was retiring and never would say he was retiring. It had to be the most frustrating thing ever. God bless the media who continued to try to make him say it. Just say the words. And up to his uh, to his final breath as a head coach at Syracuse, he he would not say the words. Brent Axe is uh, at Syracuse.com, ESPN Syracuse. You can follow him on Twitter at Brent Axe Media. 
and he joins us right now to talk about that saga from yesterday. Brent, what's up, my man? My friend, it reminds me of the great song from Chicago, Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is? Does Anybody Really Care? Right? There we go. And here we are. The day we've talked about forever, but still feels weird that we're here. Over 17,000 days, 1,000 wins, five Final Fours, national championship, um, about... 8,000 surly press conference moments, you name it. I mean, the Jim Beheim era had everything. And uh, the fact that it's over uh, is still something that it might take me uh, about 17,000 more days to process. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I, I want to zoom out, but I want to zoom in first. Because you have been one of the ringleaders of the, hey, change is needed here. It's gotten stale. The zone's not working. We saw that up close and personal here in Clemson a couple of weeks ago. And so for you to watch that press conference unfold and to be like, oh, my gosh, he's actually, is he doing this? He's doing this. What was that like for you to be a part of that yesterday? That was Jim. That was Jim. There's he, Jim's not a quitter. He is not going to retire. I certainly didn't expect him to do it in you know, a random press conference at Greensboro, North Carolina. And for him at that presser to go back to Saturday – be like, yeah, you guys didn't even figure it out. I gave my retirement speech then. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You're just, you know, you're just being Jim right now. But it was perfect. It was perfect because he's just not going to do it. He will always have this now that he put it on the university. He dared the university to do it. About two and a half hours later, they did. They put out the press release, and I think it should be duly noted here. The word retirement was not in that press conference mm -hmm. or in that press release, pardon me. And Jim Bayon was not quoted in it. So maybe there were efforts made to like do this uh, together and those efforts were resisted. So Syracuse said, okay, we're, we're going to go forward here. I don't, I still don't think this was handled as well as it could have been by both parties, frankly, but you know, Syracuse has had some unfortunate PR blunders in the past. And I think this will probably be added to that list because love or hate Jim Bayheim. Like this is not how you treat a guy on his way out. But at the same time, like, Wild horses couldn't drag him away at this point. So I guess he just kind of had to take the tough pill, swallow hard, and, and say we got to end this thing our way. Brent, we talked about this. We were sort of uh, digesting it in real time on the air. And one thing I said was mm -hmm. I think his comments about, uh, about Wild Hack and about the administration – when he made them to Pete Thamel, were likely correct that that it was very difficult to envision a scenario where the administration had the political will and the cloud to be able to push him out. And yet it's almost like when he said the things he said about, you know, I'm going to go and tell him when I'm, you know, what my decision is. I, I said at the time and I said again yesterday, that felt like a turning point because you just you can't emasculate your boss like that. You just can't treat people that way. In your mind, did those comments maybe play a role in the timetable here? I don't think there's any question about it. I think Jim finally ticked off the wrong people to spur action. I think there's more to come from this. You know, this story's not done. I wrote my column today, you know, turmoil has a distinct scent, and I smell it. Mm. So uh, certainly we haven't heard the end of this story. But... Look, on the other hand, Syracuse let Jim get away with this for so long, and it, it took a series of PR blunders that made higher-ups at Syracuse look bad for action to take place here. But how Jim has done this forever 
you know, calling out reporters at press conferences, being rude in that sense, and, and not representing the university. I mean, look, there is no bigger name in the history of Syracuse University than Jim Beheim. There is no more front-facing employee of Syracuse University than Jim Beheim. And they whistled past the graveyard for so long, and it's like, okay, now you're going to do something about this and take back what was rightfully theirs. It's the head men's basketball coach position at Syracuse University that Jim Beheim, you know, certainly turned into one of the most premier positions in college basketball, but it kind of felt like he attained emperor status and could just say and do whatever he wanted, right? And Syracuse finally had enough and said, no, we're, we're going to take this back here. You still work for us. But it, it felt like for about 47 years and change that uh, they, it was the other way around, right? So it was interesting how those dynamics worked, and, and they finally uh, stood up to him. Visiting with Brent Axe. Follow him on Twitter at Brent Axe Media. He is on ESPN Syracuse and uh, writes at Syracuse.com. He's got a great column on this. Encourage you to check that out at Syracuse.com today. So what went wrong here? This did seem like sort of a lifetime deal for Jim Beheim, And as recently as a couple years ago, he's got a team in the Sweet 16. Uh, Kelly Grambling and I joked for years that no matter how bad their uh, November, December, and January were, somehow Syracuse would be on the bubble and sometime, somehow they'd make their way into the tournament. So in your eyes, in your mind, what went wrong to get us to this point? I think it's a combination of things. One, the zone defense, you know, it had its last gasp. Right, that even that 2021 Sweet 16, they played San Diego State in that first round, and San Diego State was completely flummoxed by it. But it was a rare instance of a team that had not seen the zone all year long. So the zone is no longer this feared weapon that it used to be. Syracuse has just not been able to compete in the ACC. This is 10 years now. They haven't finished higher than sixth in the league since their first year in the league. They've had talent. They've had good teams. They've also had a string of double-digit losses and all the trends that just don't add up to, you know, what the standards were set for Syracuse in the Big East. They just couldn't run with the biggest names in this league. Not that they hadn't beat Duke and North Carolina and Clemson and Virginia, but uh, you look at the records against those teams overall, and Jim Beheim's record, I believe, in the ACC is barely above 500. So it was just a combination of things, but... You know, they had a few parachutes in there. They barely get in the tournament in 2016 and make this incredible run to the Final Four. 2018, they get to the Sweet 16. And in 2021, they get to the Sweet 16. So, you know, Jim has always said it. All that matters is the tournament. Get in the tournament, you can do anything from there, right, especially with that zone. That's no longer the case. Syracuse will miss the tournament this year for the third time in four years. Now, to be fair, there wasn't a tournament in 2020, but they wouldn't have made that if they had it. It's five of the last nine that they've missed, and it's, it just doesn't feel like you're up to your standards. Now, we're, what made this a discussion was you're not Louisville here. You know, you, you haven't bottomed out. This isn't like the whole thing has fallen in on itself, but they're middle of the pack. They're mediocre. They're average, and that's not the standard here. So that's uh, kind of all coming to a head now, and Adrian Autry has uh, one heck of a task ahead of him in the shadow of Jim Beheim to get them out of uh, mediocrity, to get them out of average, to get them out of, you know, what Syracuse basketball should not be. All right, I've got a bunch of other follow-up questions along those lines, but I I think we've gone far enough in the interview without taking the 50,000-foot view. And I, I, I said this to Mike in the first segment, 
I think it's weird, like, you, the, the stuff that people said about Jim Beheim in Syracuse, literally when he's going through the handshake line on the court, and what they were saying about him half an hour later when he walked off the podium are wildly different because we do tend to take a 50,000-foot view when, when a guy retires, when he steps aside, when a tenure is over, that we're not taking when we're parsing through his day-to-day. So what are Syracuse folks saying about his tenure fully, the national championship, the Final Fours, the two other national championship game appearances? How are people sort of trying to encapsulate all of that today uh, from a 50,000-foot view? They say thank you. You know, Jim Beheim has been the only coach I've ever known in my entire life. I'm 44 years old. He's been here 47 years. Winters are tough up here. I don't know if you know that. It snows a bit yes. up here in Syracuse, right? But Jim has always encapsulated this in the sense that he's, he's told this story a few times, but for those that don't know it, you know, Jim was on the beach one day with Rick Pitino and his wife and Jim and his wife and they were just kind of talking about life and where would you want to live in the world, right? And all these exotic locations. Oh, we may have uh, we may have lost Brent there, right in the middle of the story. All right, I'm going to put him on hold. Let's see if we can get Brent back, Mike. Let's see if we can get him back right in the middle of the story. Don't you hate that? I mean, dead in the middle of it. Let's see if let's see if we can bring him back up. Um, I I'm not I'm not certain about that. If we can get him, that if we can get him, that'd be great. I wanted to hear that story. I want to know what he told Rick Pitino. And I also had questions about Adrian Autry. I have questions about why didn't Bayheim go last year. I just have lot. I had lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of questions related to this. It is a it is a massive it is a massive thing. Massive thing. Is he back? We've got him. We've got Brent back. Okay, that was horrible. That was like the worst kind of cliffhanger. Right when he's getting to the party, him and Pitino are sitting on the beach. And, uh, and then I just need to know the end of that story. Brent, are you with us? I'm with you. Sorry, I lost you there. Yeah, oh, so it's where, okay. Where did we leave off there? All right, so you said that, uh, that he and Patino are sitting on the beach talking about life and where they'd like to live. Yes. Okay, so let's pick that up. It's Jim and his wife and Rick and his wife, and they're talking about life. Where would you want to live in the world, right? And all these exotic locales come up, and Jim says Syracuse, New York. And everybody just kind of looks at him like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, for eight months out of the year, the weather is amazing. And the other four months, it's basketball season, right? And these winters, we are carried through by Syracuse, Jim Beheim and Syracuse basketball. You know, for eight months out of the year, it's awesome. And those four months, we grind through, and Jim Beheim he carries us through. And fans will always appreciate that Jim was one of us. He came here from nearby Lions, New York. Came to Syracuse, New York, walked on the basketball team in 1962, and never left, right? All, through all his flaws, through all the ups and downs, through the, the many eye rolls and the moments from Jim Beheim, where you're like, oh, Jim, come on, what are you doing? He is a general in the Army to defend Syracuse and Central New York, and that is something that people will, will always appreciate. And he won a few games, too, which, which helps. Absolutely right. Now, I want to know, because we all assume down here – his kids are, are done after last year. This would be a great time to end it. So why didn't he step aside last year where it would have been a, a nice cutting off point? It may go back to your first answer about basically he wasn't going to let anybody sort of tell him what to do. I think it's that, but 
literally the answer he's given there is Syracuse brought in six freshmen this season, and he told all those guys he'd coach them, mm. and he didn't want to break that promise. So that was kind of the literal reason. So you look ahead, Syracuse has one commitment in the class of 2023. You're not breaking any big promises there. Uh, so that was kind of the, the micro reason. But like you said, the macro is, yeah, you're not going to tell me what to do. And look, as much money as Jim Beheim has made, as great of a life as he has, there is nothing that will ever match the juice of competing. And he is the most competitive person I will ever cover, I will ever know in my life. And there is nothing else in his life that can match that, that can come close to that. I think you know, Tom Brady feels that way, and I feel there's a lot of athletes that probably could tell that story and coaches that could tell that story. But there's a reason Jim's never walked away because there's nothing that can come close to that feeling of, of, of competing and what it's like uh, to be out there in the arena. That leads me to another question, which is we know that Jim Beheim was synonymous with the old Big East. And you talked about the transition from the Big East to the ACC. And everybody knows, because he's not been shy about saying, that he was not a fan and really never embraced the uh, the ACC what part of this downturn had to do with that transition just not being great and maybe uh, some of the things that made Syracuse special when it was at its peak, all of a sudden now you're, you're playing half your schedule in the Carolinas and Florida as opposed to New England, and it just becomes more difficult from a natural rivalry standpoint to, to do the things that you needed to do to keep up the program. You nailed it because when you're recruiting in the Big East, okay, even if you miss on a kid, you can say, all right, look, you come to Syracuse, you're going to play near or in your hometown seven or eight times a year, right? You're going to play in Syracuse and Providence and Pittsburgh and Seton Hall and Georgetown. And this is, these are all short drives for your family to come see you. Now in the ACC, it's all over the place. It does expand your footprint, but now you're, you're competing with schools you didn't really necessarily have to compete with. So you're getting the next best players. You're still in conversations for great players. Just the other day, Syracuse was in the final three for Marcus Adams, who ends up committing to Kansas, right? So that hurt, and I think what else hurt in that sense, it's not just you know, the ACC. Look, Jim did bring in some transfers. One of them was his own son, so you know, I don't know if you count that one. But <laughs> NIL transfers, they've done it. It's not like they've ignored it, but Jim never embraced it, right? This has always just felt like these necessary things you kind of, okay, I guess I got to do that too, right? As opposed to like, we're going to do this because this is the sport and I'm going to lead the way into it, right? So I think all of that just kind of came to a head here. All right, final one for you because I know you got a busy day and it's a two-parter. One, tell me about Adrian Autry. We know the recruiting chops. He's responsible for a lot of the guys coming in. What kind of a person, coach, is he going to be? Are there going to be any major changes? And two, what is the Syracuse job prospect right now? In other words, like how good is it relative to the rest of the nation in your mind? Let's start there. I mean, the infrastructure is in place to have an amazing program, right? You've got the JMA Wireless Dome, RIP Carrier Dome, 35,000 people at its peak. You have one of the best practice facilities in the country. You have ACC membership and the ACC television money that comes from that, right? In terms of Autry, the million-dollar question, that is going to be the first thing he's asked tomorrow at his press conference. You play in zone or man-to-man, right? So what kind of defensive <laughs> guy are you? 
Red uh, was a great point guard here. He actually led Syracuse in assists for four straight years. He has a sterling reputation in the sport. He is, you mentioned the recruiting chops, New York City, Washington, D.C. areas in particular. He was an AAU coach, has AAU connections, and everybody to a T, myself included, would tell you he is an amazing person. He is an amazing man. And I think this goes beyond basketball, right? Jim Beheim was never, you know, you learn life lessons from Jim Beheim, certainly, you know, through basketball. But Jim was never like a great philosopher on life. Red really relates to the players that way. And everything that it is to be a player at Syracuse University, right? So I think he'll really connect there. In the short term, look, the portal opens Monday. All those freshmen they brought in, Judah Mintz in particular, uh, who's got to make a decision about whether he wants to give it a run at the NBA or come back, this will help bring back a lot of those players. But in the long term, Adrian Autry played here. He loves it here. Not only does he know Syracuse University, he knows Syracuse, New York. And much like North Carolina and Duke and Villanova did, he continued that legacy, the guy after the guy. And let's see what he can build on top of what Jim Beheim did, which is going to be a tall task, but one I think he's ready for. No question about that. I do have one follow-up. I apologize. This this will really be the last one. Because it is interesting that Mike Hopkins might be on his last leg at Washington he was the succession plan once upon a time, and I never really knew what happened to that. I mean, because this was supposed to be like five years ago, right? Correct, yeah. So Jim was supposed to step aside in 2018. Mike Hopkins got the Washington job in 2017. Yep, so that blew that whole thing up. Did he – is that just because he wanted to take it? Was there some ricketiness? Was it? Was that Beheim being maybe a little finicky on that? Did he feel like he, he maybe wouldn't be taking the job at, at that time, or was there something else going on there? Yes, 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 and yes. Okay. The <laughs> uh, Mike wanted a head coach job. Jim was never going to follow that plan. That was never his idea. Um, Mike loves the, the West Coast. He had family. He's from California. He loves the Seattle area. It was an incredible opportunity for him to go be a head coach in the Pac-12. It just kind of all worked out in that sense, right? But, um, look, if Mike Hopkins had stayed and that deadline came, that was going to get real interesting to see if Jim actually would follow through with it. And even when that happened, let's go back to 2017, John Wildhack just basically panicked and gave Jim a huge contract extension. It's instead of like, okay, we have a succession plan in place. It's not the guy we thought it would be, but you still could have gone another direction. You still could have done a national search. You still could give yourself some credit and see who would want to coach at Syracuse University. He didn't do it then. He didn't do it now. So we're, we're just going to have to see if Autry's the right choice. Follow him on Twitter at Brent Axe Media. Check him out, Syracuse.com, and check him out, ESPN Syracuse. Thanks, my man. You gave us too much of your time today, and uh, we really appreciate the context. I know it's very busy up there. Uh, Godspeed dealing with the uh, euphoria and or other emotions coming from Syracuse Nation today. Thanks for having me, as always, on my favorite named radio station in the world. Appreciate it. Love it. Thanks, Brent. Have a good one. That is Brent Axe joining the fray. Absolutely love it. 
Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, chat with Brian Edwards, who's got Vegas winners. I'm also going to tell you, because a couple people have asked me on the Adams Curving text line, hey, uh, Quok, who are you taking today? Or, hey, Quok, who needs to win today? And so I've got those lists as well. Stay with us. Hour 2 of the program continues next. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle, metal, and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 80 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. Put some extra room in your monthly budget. Right now, when you refinance your ride with Founders, you can beat your current auto rate by 1% and make no monthly payments for 90 days. That's a deal that will leave you feeling super confident that you can pay off your vehicle. Get moving. Visit foundersfcu.com forward slash super rates to see how we can help get you moving. That's foundersfcu.com forward slash super rates. Terms and conditions apply. Membership qualification required. Federally insured by NCUA. Medicare. It's like a whole new world. Part A, B, C, D, plans F and G. It's enough to make your head spin. And the decision you make about Medicare when you first start could affect you for just a year, but it could also affect you for the rest of your life. So it's critically important to make the right decision for you. But how? You could listen to Joe Namath or pay attention to the million stacks of mail you receive. But is that really the best way? Give me a buzz at 864-INSURE-YOU and let's talk about you. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Hey Anderson, if you're looking for a great place to work, Glen Raven is hiring. The maker of high-quality, world-famous Sunbrella products is looking for process operators, process technicians, quality inspectors, and material handlers. Now they're seeking experienced pros, and they're also willing to train candidates who are new to manufacturing. So check out all the opportunities. Glen Raven offers a very competitive hourly rate, plus you'll get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. That's right, you'll get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. So apply today. You'll also enjoy generous benefits, including paid vacation and holidays, 401k matching, a pension program, free on-site medical care, a 24-7 fitness center, and more. It's an established company with an exciting future, so don't wait. Apply now at join.sunbrella.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Apply today at join.sunbrella.com. Wendy's homestyle French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? 
answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. You can absolutely move in a different direction quickly without warning. Where every day is game day. My head is in the clouds. Don't feel like coming down. I'm trying to escape my sorrows. Our two continues out of bounds. Thanks to Brent Axe for joining us to talk Jim Beheim in Syracuse. And we're going to visit with Brian Edwards in just one second. He's carved out some time for us this afternoon. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Plumbing Experts. If you go to theplumbingexperts.com, you'll see the difference. Uh, they have the right people with the right training, the right expertise to do your job right the first time. And that is the beauty of of the plumbing experts if you listen if you want to call a plumber in catastrophe go for it i think you should call a plumber in a catastrophe you shouldn't try to fix stuff yourself i've made the mistake of doing that before it did not go well uh instead you want a plumber that's on your side and i would argue you want a plumber who wants to be your plumber when things are going well and if you have a septic tank they want to get you on a regular maintenance plan that can just flat out get the job done for you because you can set it and forget it, and they'll show up every three to five years. They'll look at your system. They'll make sure everything's running properly, and you won't have any septic issues ever again because they are on it. If there are issues, they'll correct it, no problem. That's the great uh, news about the plumbing experts. That's the difference that they provide. Go to the website, theplumbingexperts.com. That's theplumbingexperts.com. They won't let you down. Brian Edwards from VegasInsider.com. He's a senior handicapper there. He is also at BrianEversports.com and MajorWager.com. Check him out at VegasBEdwards on Twitter. And he joins us right now on the phones. Brian, what's up, man? What is happening? Quark, how we doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, you're in a little, uh, in, in, a, in a big gambling mood today, I would imagine. Yep, I'm at the Beau Rivage Casino in Biloxi, Mississippi. I'm back up in my room now. I watched the first half of the noon Eastern games uh, downstairs in the BetMGM Sportsbook, which is outstanding. Uh, got fortunate. I had a Miami minus three and a half in the first half. Wake Forest got a steal down five and made like a 60-footer at the buzzer, but it was just after the horn. And then I had Michigan minus one and a half in the first half. Rutgers came back from nine down tied it, and then Michigan hit a three with like one second left. So I, I got two uh, could have gone either way winners early, but I'm heavy on Michigan, and I now see that they are down 11. Yikes. Yeah, I have this on my on my iPad in front of me, and Michigan hasn't made a field goal in like 10 minutes. No, no joke. Wow. Not 10 minutes real time, like 10 minutes game time. I just missed another one. I mean, they, they made yeah. one field goal in the entire uh, second half. You're not going to win like that. Yeah, I, I came up to my room at halftime. I had to do a, a podcast uh, before this show with you guys, and uh, I'm glad I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just just look away. That's not going great. I for for the record, I also took Michigan today. There's another pick that I love, and I we're we're on the same page in this. I don't even have to check. Uh, the fade Tulsa train is strong, Brian, and Wichita State. Even if they're laying fifteen and a half. Fading Tulsa, no question about it, right? 
Indeed. So Tulsa is five and twenty-four straight up, four twenty-three and two uh, against the spread. They've lost eleven in a row, ten by double-digit margins. They're one nine and one ATS in that stretch. But the the lone spread cover is total fugazi. They were uh, plus one or one and a half to East Carolina the entire day before that game. And then, you know, but they do the ATS stats based on the closing lines. And it just, it moves to two and then two and a half, like at the last minute and, you know, the last half hour or so of betting. So uh, that was really an East Carolina cover in my mind. And and Sam Griffin, uh, Tulsa's leading scorer, 15.2 points per game average. He's missed four straight games. Um, his status is unclear today. I did a Twitter search this morning. The last person to tweet about him was me So on March 1st. So I don't know if they're not covering <laughs> this Tulsa team, but whatever works. Um, but, yeah, Wichita State, uh, minus 15.5, and, a half, and I, I took a minus 9.5 in the first half as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, by the way, I think I'm the only guy in America that specifically pulled up that ECU-Tulsa game, and I, I hate watched the entire last two and a half minutes. It was it was an atrocity. Um, visiting with did you, hey, did you see how the East Carolina coach and I've seen the, I forget who the other coach that did it last week. Um, why are these guys fouling up three seventy feet from the basket? I understand you know that all the announcers look you have to foul up three, which I think you only do in certain scenarios. By the way, but that's a different conversation. But these guys are like sprinting to foul them seventy feet from the basket. Like, you're winning by three. You're not trying to extend the game. I I just don't understand these people. You know, I don't get it either. And it seems to me, I'm glad we're on this subject because I've I've been noticing that too. Like, people are just wildly misapplying this information. Like, there are statistics that say, I think it's like between five and eight seconds is when you foul up three or something like six to nine seconds, something like that. And I feel like a lot of coaches are just like, we're up three, we got to foul, we got to put them on the line. But as you said, you're just giving them more of an opportunity to win a free throw shooting contest when you're doing it immediately and you're doing it 70 feet from the basket. Yeah, I, I felt like that was, a, that was a complete debacle there. Yes, I completely concur. All right, let's go to Kansas State TCU. Uh, this one, boy, I, I went... I went every which way on this game. You like K-State as a slight underdog here. Tell us why. You know, um, not a lot of reasoning. You know, both teams, they split the regular season meetings, and both home teams won in blowout fashion. I just think K-State's better, um, and they're the underdog, and I think it's the wrong team favored. Um, I'll, I'll point this out, but it's not that big of a factor in my handicap of it. It is in Kansas City, so TCU had to travel further. K-State will have more fans. I'm not implying it's, it'll be like a home, you know, game. But um, they'll have more fans. And, you know, the travel was, uh, you know, not as – not that it was a brutal travel from uh, Fort Worth to to KC. But um, I just think Noel and, and Keontae um, are going to be the best players on the court. And I think K-State wins outright. You know, I don't disagree with that at all. There's another uh, favorite – or excuse me, there's another underdog that you're taking – and quite honestly, uh, man, I I don't know why Penn State is not favored. I mean, I know because I look at Ken Palm and Sagarin and everything else, but Penn State has owned Illinois this year, and you like them plus two and a half, and I like them plus two and a half. 
Yeah, and Penn State's playing better. I mean, they went to Illinois early in the year as a 10-point road underdog. They won 74-59. to They just played them, what, two weeks ago at home, and they beat them by double digits again. And Penn State has won five of its last six. And um, last four as an underdog, they're 4-0 ATS with three outright wins. Illinois lost two of its last three, uh, 1-4 ATS slump for the Illini. You never know when the Illini is going to show up uh, or just pull a complete no-show. They do both, and uh, hopefully it will be the no-show. Not that it necessarily matters because Penn State has uh, put it on them twice, but I I like Penn State plus two and a half. All right, and then the last one, Brian. This is a total play in the SEC tournament. Tell me why Mississippi State, Florida is going to hit the over. Well, um, it already started and is looking good. To the oh other yeah, I have another. I have another SEC over play for you that I failed to uh, send you in the message that I sent you this morning. I um, I got busy, my man, but I, <laughs> I do have another over play for you. It's one forty-one and a half. Let's go over for Vandy LSU. That's the late game in Nashville uh, tonight. The overs on a five and two run for Vandy, a five and one run uh, for LSU. They met uh, like two three weeks ago. It was an eighty four to seventy seven uh, Vandy win for one hundred and sixty one uh, combined points. And LSU's uh, totals uh, they had hit five in a row until Georgia, you know, couldn't throw it in the ocean last night, and, and they were big numbers uh they had one that went to 155 i mentioned the 161 they had another 151 they had another 157 and another at 146 so the five overs were emphatic overs before you know georgia uh and georgia's kind of the same florida's on an 801 or i'm sorry eight and one run to the over and the only under was just by a point and a half because georgia made like two baskets in the last 10 minutes of the game yeah, I think you're, uh, by the way, I think you're Mississippi State, Florida over. I think you're in good shape. Even though the total is just 60 right now with a minute left in the first half, I foresee lots of free throws in our future in the second half. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for that. The other thing is uh, Vandy and LSU, this is only a four-point spread. And I know that, like, the only game LSU had won in, like, the calendar year uh, before last night against Georgia was against Vandy. I, that's the only reason I'm not giving out Vandy minus four to the people. Is that the, it? Like, is there any reason why I shouldn't give out Vandy minus four? Is it just that result right there that I can't figure out? You know, I, I think we're both on the same page. Like, I lean Vandy, but I mean, I've been in front of my computer all morning, and for whatever reason, I just can't seem to pull the trigger on it. I mean, I think it's Liam Robbins' absence. I mean, Vandy's won eight of nine, um, but I don't know. Something just has got me hesitant you know I've, I've had Vandy a lot lately but you know mostly the underdog role and uh-huh. from underdog to be a favorite it just I don't know so I I lean Vandy but I don't know that I'm gonna play it all right final one for you Clemson NC State lines have been all over the map today I've seen everything under the sun from Clemson minus a point and a half to NC State plus two and a half right now it's Caesars it's a pick em. I, yeah, I mean, I've got this thing flipped. Clemson's favorite at Bet Rivers and NC State's minus one and a half at Bet MGM. Do you have any insight if somebody wants to bet this game? Well, I would just say that during the podcast I was doing before I got up uh, on here with you guys, um, you know, NC State was up by 27 at halftime last night. 
They only won by 20, but it was a misleading final. I mean, they had been up by 30-ish and change. And um, I went to the box score, and I'm like, I was just shocked. I mean, he did, Keats did not get any of his guys, like, a, a lot of rest. Like, Smith played 38 minutes last night. Why? Morcel played 36. Joyner played 34. Now, DJ Burns only played 16, and that's probably the most important because he's such a big guy. But that was just only because of foul trouble. Uh, that he played such uh, limited minutes. Uh, I think Keats should have done a better job. Uh, I don't think Smith goes 11 of 13 uh, tonight like he did last night. Uh, could have some tired legs. But uh, the way that Clemson just mauled NC State uh, two Saturdays ago uh, makes this a, uh, a pass for me. And Gant, one of NC State's better defenders, uh, got hurt last night, and he's out. Outstanding. Brian, as always, we appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at Vegas B. Edwards. Check him out. He's a senior handicapper at VegasInsider.com, BrianEversports.com, MajorWager.com. You can check out his work there as well. Enjoy Biloxi, my man. Best of luck to you. We're we're on a lot of the same games, so I guess best of luck to both of us. And we'll, uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, fellas. Y'all have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. All right, you too. That's Brian Edwards joining the party here. Yeah, I mean, I've got uh, I've got Michigan. Minus two and a half. Did I get them at minus two and a half? Michigan minus three, and they're getting drubbed right now. I mean, when you don't make any shots, when you literally make one field goal in the second half of a game, you're probably going to lose to a team that can't score at all. That's that's really frustrating, but that's, I mean, them's the breaks. That's basketball. Uh, other games in progress. Don't look now. Wake Forest is making a little run. Miami had a comfy margin and this is now a making an eight-point lead for Miami with 2.08 to go in the game against Wake. I've got Miami. This is going to be a tight one. I've got Miami minus seven and a half. So that free throw just put them uh, over for me. And so that becomes a W. St. John's getting nine against Marquette. They are in the under four timeout. And this has been a one or two score game the whole second half. St. John's was up 10 at the half. Now Marquette is up four. So I'm going to need St. John's and Mike Anderson to just hang on for a little bit. And uh, I've also got Iowa State plus five against Baylor. Baylor's got a guy uh, that is just going completely off today. Just unbelievable performance. Jalen Bridges, a junior wing, has dropped 25 in this game. He's single-handedly beating Iowa State literally by himself. He scored half the team's points with 15 minutes left in the game. He's got 25 already, a career high. I think he's like 9 for 9 from the floor, something ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Iowa State has scored four in a row to cut that down to a 50-46 to Baylor lead. Mississippi State leads Florida 36-26 at the half. So we'll, um, we'll continue to monitor that game in the SEC tournament as well. Uh, the, the teams that need to win, I'll go ahead and go through that here in our final 90 seconds or so of this hour. In the early games, all right, uh, St. John's Marquette doesn't really matter. Wake Miami doesn't really matter. Either way, Clemson's going to be fine there. Rutgers-Michigan, I actually think Rutgers is probably, they're a, a more likely tournament team than Michigan, and it might seem like you would want them to lose and maybe get out of the field. I would argue that Michigan clears a path uh, a little, a little bit ahead of the bubble, uh, or a little bit ahead of them in the bubble. If uh, if you're Clemson, the the closest in proximity to you is probably Michigan at this point. So I I would say you're you're 
you've got a loss to a bubble team either way, but Rutgers by 14 right now. I think that's a positive result for Clemson because that drops Michigan down to 17 and 15. That They're not going to be getting in with that type of a record. Uh, Iowa State, Baylor probably doesn't matter. Mississippi State's up 10 over Florida. Uh, they are 8 and 10 in the SEC. This is how crazy the bubble is this year. Mississippi State's 8 and 10 in the SEC, but they were 12 and 1 in the non conference. Got a couple quality wins in there. And so, of course, it doesn't matter what you do in your league because you had a good non conference. And uh, so they are a bubble team that's probably in. Uh, the Tigers really need Florida to make a little run here. They need Florida to make a little run. I would say you're rooting hard for Florida if you're a Clemson fan here in the games that are currently in progress. When we come back on the other side, I'll tell you who I think needs to win some of these other games that are getting started either later this afternoon or tonight. And then we'll say a couple things about Clemson NC State. We've got some NFL stuff to get to with some quarterbacks, a couple of news and notes from around the world of sports. And open phones for the final hour. 654-ROAR is the number if you want to get in. Hour 3 is next. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. You can spend the new year on the water. Clemson Marina is here to get your family into the boat you have always wanted. Whether it's a 23 Triton fishing boat or one of our other great brands or models, we have you covered. At Clemson Marina, our certified techs will keep your Triton fishing boat running smoothly all season long. We also offer boat rentals.